Hey everybody, welcome in to the Corporate Global Football Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hawes. And I'm your host, William Spicer. Spicer, week one is in the books. We have real football to talk about. Oh yes, it was a glorious weekend. It was, and really it was bookended uh, very well. The Thursday night game and the Monday night game were both uh, thrilling down to the, the, the wire finishes. Yeah, the NFL really couldn't have asked for any better like prime time to have to hit on two of your first three primetime games is they have to be happy about that roger is just having a good time he's he's Mc, scrooge mcduckin swimming in the in the gold coins yes uh the the bears rams game was a clunker but uh like you said the two most well i guess thursday night football probably had some of the highest ratings i would imagine the nfl's had in a long time but, but yeah, two of the most watched games all season, uh, first Monday night in that opening game, they both were, were successful. So uh, we'll jump in and talk about them right away. Uh, but first, actually, let me interrupt. I did want to mention, I'm probably going to have my eye very closely this season on the Kentucky Wildcats college football team. And I'm going to pump it until it falls apart because... Right now, I'm really riding the hype train of our new quarterback. Uh, we beat Missouri uh, pretty convincingly, even though the score was close. Uh, I was at the game, and I'm fully bought in on this college football season. Ooh, okay. I like that. Um, so college football, for me, number one, was I watched the whole Ohio State-Oregon game. Mm. And um, is his name Verdell? the the running back for Oregon I don't know I was uh trying to get into the stadium at that point so I I I was just following the score on my phone I'm not sure okay hold on I gotta look this up clickety clack 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 clickety clack yeah CJ Verdell dude that dude bald that dude watching him play and run was extremely good it was Especially me being a Michigan fan, it's as much about Ohio State getting uh, getting crushed. But he had 161 ru- uh, rushing yards and 34 receiving yards, almost 200 total yards against the D. I mean, even if it's the worst Ohio State defense in the last five years, it's probably still pretty good. Yeah, it's definitely impressive. I don't think anybody uh, would have expected that going in into Columbus and everyone's happy that Ohio state loses. I, I think uh, they've, especially just in the sec, that weird, you know, <laughs> thing that we have done here where we like have pride in our conference, which is so bizarre. You just like to see Ohio state do poorly. Um, I'm excited to keep an eye on college. We'll, we'll mention the highlights here on the the podcast, especially uh, the guys that we think will end up being fantasy stars down the road. Uh, so the last comment I'll make, and I'll, I'll shut up about Kentucky, is I really want everyone listening to this, if you're not familiar with the Wildcats, uh, to keep your eye on number one on Kentucky this year. Wide receiver Wandale Robinson uh, transferred back to his home state after kind of being a part of the train wreck that is Nebraska and came back in and he's made some huge plays so far, uh, kind of a small, uh, speedster. And I think he will be playing on Sundays. Nice. All right. So player to watch out for always, always love getting a transfer. And my last thing on college football is 
since you beat Missouri, I have to give it to him. One of my favorite, favorite in-stadium chants, and I'd like to do it here. Can I get an M-I-Z? Z-O-U? Yeah! (laughs) I love that chant. I was hesitant to complete it just because... I was like, oh, he's just going to do it. But then secondly, there was a, a low point in the game Saturday when the, the uh, we had gotten a turnover, they had scored. There was a little bit of shift of momentum and the crowd kind of died for a second. It was a TV timeout. And for some reason, the stadium uh, like video board operator didn't put the music back on. And you actually heard the chant coming through coming through the stadium like this the visitors were very very loud and the band especially uh and so very quickly you know they we, we drowned them out with a go big blue but it was kind of freaked me out there for a second so Ooh, yeah it's a it's a strong one it it's, is. A, it's a good one yeah that that the you you know you really like kind of hold it out and it can it can sound very very good in a full stadium um but enough of those guys let's let's dive right in uh it's kind of old news now but the opening night I do think it's worth talking about uh, any doubts about a uh, Tom Brady still being able to do his thing uh, at the ripe old age of what is he now 44 uh, those those are put to rest yeah he can still play football for sure I mean I don't I don't even think anyone thought he wouldn't you know yeah if, if there's a player who at 44 everyone's like yeah he'll be fine for like in redraft everyone's like yeah you can take him whenever and it'll be good yeah, it's crazy to think back if you had started like a dynasty league maybe three years ago or uh, three or four years ago, you probably, miss, I don't know, you may have valued him off. And maybe if you took a chance on him for like a second round pick when he, his value was at its lowest, like think about how much that's paying off at sticking with him. It's crazy. Well, I have to give, I have to say in our dynasty league, which was the draft happened last season. So he was just moving to Tampa, right? Like, mm-hmm. yes. And so he took him, and, and now look like so good anyway. Yeah, definitely, definitely paid off there. Um, other thing was that was kind of uh, put to rest was all the rumors about Dak not being ready for the season. Uh, he threw the ball 58 times for 400 yards, uh, wouldn't have surprised me if he had thrown for 500 based on the way the game started. And uh, several different guys got involved. Cooper and Lamb both both had really great games. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I have Michael Gallup was having a great game until his injury. Like, when he was needed in those, you know, those sticks, need-the-stick situations or along the sideline when it breaks down over the top, Gallup was having a very strong performance as well. Yeah, I really hated to see him go out. He, he's kind of like the forgotten guy there. I think if they hadn't drafted Lamb, uh, people would be a lot higher on him in the fantasy community. He got a lot of hype before that, so uh, hopefully he gets to come back uh, healthy and quickly. Before we leave this game, though, uh, for those of you that have forgotten uh, or if you're new to the show, uh, I do have a couple different awards I give out each week to certain fantasy players. And right off the bat, in our first game of the season, it's time to give out the Workman of the Week Award. Ooh, all right. And this one should be no no surprise here. I uh, always try to give it out to uh, a guy that helps his fantasy team win. And I doubt there was many people out there this week that lost their matchups if they had Amari Cooper uh, on their team. Uh, mainly because he's probably your wide receiver too, uh, depending on how deep your league is. The guy put out 13 receptions for 139 yards and two touchdowns. He was Dak's favorite weapon and absolutely uh, 
one of the best players to have this week. Oh, yes. Uh, A fun fantasy story with this. The person I played in my my big, big dollar league. But not only Dak Prescott, but Amari Cooper both on the bench. It's only a one quarterback. Wow. And he started Jalen Hurts. So that one wasn't that big of a gap. Okay. Um, But the Cooper one was bad and it cost him. He would have beat me. And the people he started over him, it was rough. It was a rough call. Um, some other things I, w- I want to talk about in this game. One, Gronk, oh my gosh. I yes. knew he was going to have a game when he walked out at the beginning because that dude looked more fit than I'd ever seen him. Like, very trim. I was like, Gronk is about to go off. He has been he has been working. No no uh, broadcast booth over the offseason, a real offseason. Uh, and he showed out. Yeah, I... I wouldn't say he, as far as football, uh, like ability, like his route running and all that type of stuff, he, he isn't back to his peak by any means, but he's clearly still, uh, a genetic freak <laughs> enough, uh, to just go out there and still be able to dominate. And, and it was clear, uh, I saw, I think it was, cause it was Collinsworth and, and Michaels that did this game, right? I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, I can't remember. There was, I think it was them. Some some video I watched broke down one of the touchdowns they had. Uh, it was the one where he kind of hung back like he was going to block, and, and it kind of delayed. And then he 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 ran forward and turned around and caught the touchdown. Uh, and and the person that was breaking it down was just showing like how the perfect chemistry was between him and Brady. Like he he turned around and had to expect the ball to be there. It was there, just yeah, beautiful. Yes, and so. That was one of my takeaways. The other takeaway was I have this new this new thing with Zeke now because I've been a Zeke hater or mm-hmm. a lot of people. I, I just haven't thought like, oh, he's not going to be a great fantasy running back. But I think what I've discovered is Zeke is a bad pass catcher. However, he is an incredible pass blocker and pass pro running back. And so I think that his money, you know, like his big contract is as much to do with like... He, like you go to Jerry Jones and say, Hey, he's, he's had like what a multiple thousand yard seasons. Like he is very productive, but really the other thing he does is he is the best running back in the NFL at protecting your other biggest investment, your quarterback. So essentially I think he is the number one, maybe the number one pass pro blocker with the highest offensive upside. And that's why he's kind of a weird player. Yeah, that's interesting. He, um, He's definitely a great pass blocker, and they did a good job of showing that uh, in replays and things like that. Uh, which it's always weird as a from a fantasy perspective. You, if you're just looking at the numbers, you're like, "Oh, this was a waste. Like, I wasted my first round pick on Zeke. This is terrible. You know, they did terrible." I, one, I think that's he'll be a little bit better next, you know, like the next week, even uh, and going forward. But yeah, uh, I do think you're right that he earns his spot in real life football from his blocking. Uh, and he, he definitely gets cooled down on the receiving a little bit. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago, he was, uh, you know, just one of those typical like top three guys every year where he was scoring a ton of points from his receiving, but Tony Pollard is fast. So I think they yeah. want to get him the ball, uh, in that role now. Yeah. And he was great in space once he got the ball. So he was all right. Well, uh, had to talk a lot about that game just because it was so exciting. Uh, next one, uh, kind of a bummer one to talk about for me, but uh, my Colts did go down. Uh, the debut of Carson Wentz and uh, all the stuff that comes with that. They lost at home to probably my other favorite team, which is 
good, I guess, but the Seahawks came in and just torched up the Colts. Yeah. I, I didn't get to catch much of this game, but it just seemed like the Seahawks jumped with like several big plays, got out to an early lead, and even though the score ended up close, it it wasn't re- it was never as close as no. that scoreline would indicate even. Yeah. You you said it perfectly. And and really, I will say, you know, I'm not pressing the panic button by any means yet. Uh, if this continues, you know, through September, then maybe I'll I'll get pretty nervous. But uh, after seeing how the rest of the the division looked, uh, that makes me feel better. And then also, I mean, Quentin Nelson and Wentz were both kind of out for a ton of the offseason and, and preseason and stuff like that. Uh, so I'm just kind of crossing my fingers that that combined with our left tackle Fisher coming. Uh, eventually coming back in, coming back and making his debut with the team, that they'll be able to figure it out. Um, but, eesh, not pretty yeah. to start. Not pretty to start. And if you, the Seahawks just pretty much did, did everything they, exactly like they wanted. They only threw the ball 23 times. Like, mm-hmm. they ran the ball, pounded the rock a bunch. Were super efficient. Yeah, they had probably an ideal first game too, so... That doesn't yep. help either when they're just clicking. Yeah, I uh, I would be surprised if we didn't see uh, DK Metcalf get some love next week. Uh, I think he's probably like, I only caught the ball four times. Like, that's not acceptable. So mm-hmm. we'll see if uh, they kind of work him in early next week. I'd be curious to keep an eye on that. All right, one thing I want to focus on this episode as we go through these games is... Uh, or maybe not these games, but just the early parts of the season on the show is is freely admitting when I'm wrong on something or doubling down when something appears like I'm wrong. <laughs> so the first one is going to be the Eagles Falcons or the next game Eagles Falcons. Um, I have been a Jalen Hurts hater for sure, and really just of the Eagles in general. But I was very impressed. I don't know if it's the Falcons being that bad, but to a certain degree, like you just have to give credit where credit's due. And Jalen Hurts looked looked really nice. Mm. Nice. Well, you know, as a as a Jalen Hurts believer, I am I, I thank you. Um I will say though, <laughs> I'm on the opposite end, which is or not the opposite end. I think the Falcons are really bad. And that we knew the Falcons were gonna be really bad, maybe not quite this bad. But this is another thing that I think, which is in the early part of the season, every team is trying to like still get organized to some degree. Like there are just, it's always sloppier in the beginning of the season than Mm -hmm. towards the middle and end, even with penalties and, you know, false starts and things like that. And in those games, sometimes just the best athletes win, right? Like when, when there's a lot of things going wrong organizationally, then and if things are breaking down regularly. That's who wins. And Jalen Hurts is that kind of player. Who, if the other team is disorganized, even if yours is not, he's gonna take advantage. Yeah, and I don't think I was for sure that he could do that. Oh, uh, uh, I see. But he did it against the Falcons, which that's why I felt the need to kind of give props where props mm. were due. Um, I'm still curious to see miles sanders i i think uh i may be valuing him similarly in my mind to david montgomery in that like i probably exaggerate when i talk about how i feel about them but it's like i said to close last season about david montgomery it's not that necessarily 
that they're bad players in real life. It's that I think a lot of people think that they're better than they are and expect unrealistic things for them for a fantasy uh, performance. Mm. So I'm curious. I mean, Miles Sanders had a, a, a pretty decent game. He just needed like to score a touchdown. Um, but he ran and, and scored you points if you had a PPR matchup or a PPR league. So uh, we'll, we'll see. But uh, glad to see Devontae Smith succeed. I, I, yeah. I'm rooting for him. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. Can't skip over the two rookie uh, wide receivers in this first weekend really showing out. Um, and a few more as we'll, we'll move along here. But Devontae and Jamar just really coming out hot out the gates. Yes. Um, and Ka- as our number one uh, listener is wondering, yes, we will talk about Kyle Pitts. <laughs> uh, yes. I was just about to say, I think we should flip over and talk a little bit about another rookie. Yeah. What are your um, thoughts? Man, for a rookie tight end, I don't know if you could have a bet. Like, honest, like tight end is such a difficult rookie spot. It doesn't even matter if you're an athletic freak. Tight ends have, to me, from especially like a playbook, they're, they're up there with how difficult it is because wide receivers don't have to worry about linemen, like uh, blocking assignments, and linemen don't worry about wide receiver routes. But tight ends have to know all of those, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like so much can change for you in that position. So I think this is great. And as the playbook gets bigger, I think the Falcons, and I think Matt Ryan knows like his playbook's limited, right? Oh, for sure. Uh, and so there, there are some things like that that will get worked out. I'm not hitting the panic button on Kyle Pitts at all. No. The fact that he was targeted so like Matt Ryan is like whatever he's seen in him. It's like, I want to get this dude the ball. So that's good. I think he had eight or nine targets. Maybe yeah, eight. Yeah. So all that stuff's good. He's part of the plan. They, they want to use him. Matt Ryan wants to use him. They just got to figure out how. Yeah. I think, uh, the only thing we really learned from this game, uh, and I wouldn't even say learn necessarily because I think people should have known this going in, but there were some people that were saying in the fantasy world, Oh, well, he's basically just a receiver that's going to be playing from the tight end spot on the field. He's not really going to be blocking and stuff like that. Um, and I can't remember the exact number, but I think he was he blocked uh, like 13 times or something. It was like 30% of his uh, plays. So he's, he's playing tight end. Um, so I think that could kind of put a little bit of a damper on his long, like his season long performance only because he would in order to be like this tight end three or tight end four, he would have to have the best tight end season of all time as a rookie uh, while still also blocking and all that stuff. And maybe he will. We'll see because he did get eight targets. But uh, I I just think people need to remember he is also blocking. (laughs) Yeah. I will say, though, I think 30% is quite low. Do you happen to know what like Travis Kelsey's is? I don't. I'd be curious to know that. Yeah. And yeah, I'm sure that's probably incredibly low for... Uh, the average tight end like across all 32 teams but uh, I don't know how that would stack up against like Kelsey Kittle Waller yeah well Waller's not <laughs> yeah. yeah Waller also yeah 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 Waller's they're just trying to get he, they know that he's the best player on the field but the the thing too it's like even even not like non-tight end wide receivers have to do this like you have to come if JJ Water if Aaron Donald is on the outside, the quarterback, there's a high chance they're going to say like, well, you got to run your route from down here so you can chip this. Dude. Like there are things like that that you're going to have to do anyways. So yeah, that's true. 
And yeah, and it, it would be silly not to. I mean, the dude is just massive. Like, why not use him for that as well uh, if his body holds up? So uh, I'm excited to keep an eye on him. I think uh, it, the hype is, is warranted. We'll see how it pays off. Time will tell as it always does. Yes, sir. All right. Um, our next game should be, uh, let's see, I clicked off here. Ah, we're still... Did I skip a game? I, I think I did. Um, I skipped uh, the other AFC South uh, beautiful game. As no one should be surprised, the Texans are in first place. Oh, yeah. Just as we all anticipated. Yep, start just as everyone season. thought. Now, I will say, I'm actually not too surprised. Like, one of these teams had to be at least tied for first. So, I guess they I mean, could have yeah. had an overtime tie. But <laughs> that would have been very fitting if they had tied. That would have been hilarious. Uh, yeah, honestly, not surprised either. Uh, leading up to the start of the game Sunday, I even thought I should have placed a bet on the Texans because the Jaguars being a, a favorite, but I think it was like three and a half on the road, first start for Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer starting out. People, I, I wondered if this could happen. Uh, and we'll see because if the Texans end up being as bad as we think they are uh, and this is what the Jags looked like then it could be really ugly for the bottom of the AFC South this year mm. okay yeah that's true but I think I'm kind of on yeah so the Texans and the Jags are just both bad yeah but the pro- the, the difference is the Texans all their players are at like prime or older like they are truly like this is the best they have. Everyone <laughs> is at max potential. That's and true. The, everyone on the Jags is a baby. So the, by you know the, my question is like how much different do the Jags look? Like let's say Trevor Lawrence is healthy, even come like week ten, or you know that's all you're looking for as the Jags. Whatever this game is just your first goalpost, right? Yeah, <laughs> the Texans fair. are are like I don't know. I guess everyone's just playing to stay in the NFL on that team. It's like, a, it's like this is my last chance. If I, if I get dropped yeah. from the Texans, this might be it. Yeah, especially with the, the running backs. I mean, Tyrod Taylor, same deal. I don't know much about their defense, but outside of Nico Collins on the offensive side of the ball, they really don't have it, <laughs> hardly any youth. So uh, I think you're right. Um before we, we leave this terrible game, my I guess my hot take on rookie quarterbacks, which this will be the first one that we've t- really talked about so far, is uh, I'm not changing any type of career-long projections or even season-long uh, predictions or anything like that. But I will say, purely as a fan of the NFL, I think Trevor Lawrence had the worst debut of any of the rookie quarterbacks. Mm. Because... I was watching on red zone. So I was flipping between red zone and the Colts game. And just from what I saw from everyone else, Zach Wilson had a pretty rough game as well, but he was out there like scrambling for his life behind his horrible offensive line and making some effort and plays. And it seemed like Trevor Lawrence just made several bad decisions with his uh, turnovers. Um, he, He did throw a nice touchdown to DJ Chark. Uh, and I don't, like I said, I don't think this will last long, but I, I think, uh, if I only, if you put me on this earth and said, look at these, these people playing quarterback just today, you have no background info. I'd take all the other guys first. Yeah, that's fair. The only thing I will say is 
Trevor Lawrence had to throw the ball 51 times. <laughs> yeah. He was asked to be Dak Prescott. And of course, and so Trevor tried to be Dak Prescott and he threw three picks, but that's what you got to do. I mean, this one's so tough because in, when a game script has you at 27 to 7 at halftime, like the script is just go for it, right? So mm-hmm. there's a part of me that thinks like this is a a strange game. It's almost like, all right, well, we're so far down because our defense was like it all fell apart. And I think there was like a pick six and stuff. So Trevor is part of that initial buildup. But at some point, you're like, well, he's just got to sling it. Just see, just sling it. So that's what they did. But I'm interested to see what could happen if the Jags ever get a game script that's a little more controlled. He becomes more of that game manager style. Yeah, that'll be interesting because I, I wasn't, I don't know about the the running game. Like I didn't see James Robinson like have a great game either. So uh, I don't know. I, I feel like that will be a rare case for them this season, but maybe they'll surprise us. Yeah, James Robinson only got the ball five times. Yeah, didn't see a lot That's of him. Um, well, in our next game to cover, uh, we lost a legend. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> goes down in a defeat to, to pretty boy Justin Herbert. No. No, Ryan Fitzpatrick went down to an old, old man hip. <laughs> the Washington football team fell to the Chargers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no. It's unfortunate. Feel so bad. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it sucks that it's that injury because a hip injury is just so cliche, like how I made that joke. Right, like right. as an old, <laughs> it's just like so classic. I'm sure that'll be something on ESPN when he comes back his first day where people have hip replacement jokes. I'm sure that will all be on there. Um, uh, Taylor uh, Hanky, Heineke, Heineke, uh, comes in and actually like, I don't know, doesn't do anything spectacular, but keeps the game going, keeps them in it against what I think could be like a pretty good Chargers team. So honestly, the football team, I'm just like, we'll see. Who knows? Antonio Gibson, you know, got his not much in the passing game, as you can expect. Yeah, the the only thing I'll say about the passing game is there was one play. Uh, it was my one of my favorite plays of the day that, that just pops up on red zone real fast and before they switch away. And I don't even know who threw it. I don't know if it was him or if it was still when Fitzpatrick was playing. But there was this one play, if, if, if you're listening and you haven't watched this, you need to go look it up, where they threw a deep, I think uh, it, McLaurin ran like a, a post kind of headed towards out of bounds. And he had to turn his body like all the way around and then lean back and completely like right when the ball got there, he made this crazy contortion to turn around as he was falling down and catch the ball. It was amazing. It was one of the best catches I've ever seen. Uh, a catch that uh, Chris Godwin could not make uh, in the first game uh, when he had to kind of change tracking the ball, move his head around. So very impressive. Uh, I think he's an amazing receiver. Hopefully he'll be able to still produce fantasy wise uh, with the other quarterback. Yeah, that that guy is in the has has been in the absolute worst organization as a wide receiver. Yeah. I think I saw something on online about how he's had he averages like a new quarterback every three and a half games or something. Oh my gosh. Something insane yeah. like that. Getting to start your career with Dwayne Haskins the, is not the way you want to start out. Yeah. Uh scary Terry, we wish you the best. 
Um, I don't have much to say on the Chargers. Uh, I was very happy to see Mike Williams get a lot of love from from Herbert. I was hoping that connection would get better in year two. Uh, Eckler wasn't asked to do a whole ton on the ground, but he still gave you um, a touchdown. Uh, but not a lot of receiving work, which is kind of odd. So something to keep an eye on. Yep. Uh, along with that, Justin Herbert also being asked to throw the ball almost 50 times in a, in a game where it was close the whole time. Like they're asking, they're just like, you're our best chance to win. This also could just be sort of with the Cowboys too. Like you're up against one of the best run defenses. So you're just playing the two their weaknesses i'm you know yeah i was i thought that was interesting yeah i was just thinking i only got to see the scoring plays of this one because of red zone so i don't know if the terrifying front that the uh football team has affected Eckler's usage or, or what i do think it's interesting that uh larry roundtree had eight carries uh i, th- I think that after Eckler got hurt last year i think didn't i say something on the the pregame podcast uh or preseason podcast about Eckler's usage um I think the defense here might have helped my prediction a little bit but I am saying just keep an eye out. I don't think they want to trot him out there like a workhorse like McCaffrey and get him hurt yeah that that very well could be the case and it is it is something to be on the lookout for but most it seems the NFL teams are just going to two backs the running back by committee mm-hmm. is just becoming the thing it is and fantasy owners everywhere uh are weeping Mm. indeed all right all right so, well uh, one team that does not really use a running back by committee is the pittsburgh steelers as they trot out their young uh rookie and Najee harris and get a win uh in buffalo yeah tough tough game for the bills just seemed like it it was sort of like a just swallowed up the Steelers just kind of swallowed up everything the bills threw at them like they couldn't get anything big couldn't like break out anything it was like you could just there it was that bend don't break mentality just done yeah well uh the Steelers this it's really a miracle the Steelers won this game to me it is this would be one where uh I would have if I was paying attention, I probably would have live bet the game uh, in the fourth quarter once the Steelers kind of pulled ahead and surely would have thought the Bills would have come back and finished them off, but they didn't. This does not seem like a game that they they should have won or, or could have won. Uh, and I didn't really get to see a ton of it. Um, every time they showed it, it just like it was a struggle for both teams. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. It was just like <laughs> gears getting stuck playing like into yes. each other. Which, uh, from like a, a narrative perspective of these two teams' cultures, kind of makes sense. Uh, but I also could have seen this being a shootout, and like neither result would have surprised me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from fantasy perspective, uh, I was glad to see Deontay Johnson come back in the game after he <laughs> once again went out for some reason in the first quarter, uh, scored a touchdown, only touchdown Big Ben threw. Um, and then the, uh, the Bills, not much... Uh, fantasy that there that gets you excited Diggs did his thing uh cole i don't want a vaccine beasley uh got a lot of catches and then devin singletary did pretty well for uh kind of taking the lead role there yeah he had there they ran the ball totally fine between singletary and josh allen which i think is what they they want to do i think they're okay with josh allen running it's part of their plan Definitely. so like 
So, yeah, that's a great. And when you look at the Bills, you're like, yeah, it looks like they had a decent day in the office. I think part of it's just like the red zone conversion, you know? Got to yeah. figure out a way. And that's been Diggs' problem just generally, right? And the Bills, they just, how do we convert in the red zone? And I think once they figure that out, they're going to be good. Yeah, I'm not worried about the Bills long term. I think this will, they'll be fine. Uh, coming up next, we have one of the most interesting games of the week. Uh, one I ended up watching a good bit of as well. We had the 49ers with a final score of 41 to 33. But if you were keeping your eye on it, it was nowhere near that close until the fourth quarter. Yeah, this was a, uh, a game very reminiscent. So I don't know if you remember this a few years ago, Titans game and the Lions like came back from down like 42 to 16 or something insane. No, I, don't. I wish kick. I could say that I did. Oh, it was a wild game, but I was at that game. And so it oh, felt no. like <laughs> it was that game. But yeah, this was this game just almost got away from the 49ers, mostly because of the onside kick recovery. Yeah, so the game wasn't really odds. close, ex- except for like, you know, the low percentage play getting converted. So the um, fact that they were able to get yeah. that right after a two point conversion and then get the ball score again and get another one that's crazy i know it is it is pretty wild but it does happen you know that's why that's why it's in there i actually just thought today special teams is really it's like okay we're just gonna insert these kind of odd plays and they just have the allowance for like low probability like high reward like that's sort of what those plays really do end up being yeah they can Um, have absolutely insane impacts on the game and they're nothing like the rest of football like punting and <laughs> such a bizarre thing uh extra points very strange but they make all the difference in the world my big thing with this game was um one the the gambling aspect of it was was very interesting the fact that the lions came all the way back and scored 16 points in the fourth quarter uh for a sneaky cover i thought was hilarious also uh i'm very frustrated I think the whole, I speak on behalf of everyone who plays fantasy football uh, at Kyle Shanahan, just the way he's handled the players. And he thinks he's so cute, tricking everybody with all the stuff with Sermon and Brandon Ayuk. And I'm just, I'm over it. I don't like it. Ooh, a little shade. Cause I was going to say, I mean, I'm disappointed because I started Ayuk in a league, you know, expecting him to play football at least. Um, however, I have to give him credit because, or, and you know, this is more about Kyle Shanahan, but the fact that it's like, yeah, uh, Raheem Mostert's down and, and Elijah Mitchell just goes off for a hundred yards and a TD. Yeah, of course. Just, yeah. Because that dude, that dude could let, I think I could play running back for the 49ers and be a fine. Something about the way that what he does, it's just magic. He's just, it's insane. Yeah. It's super frustrating. It, of course, I, like I'm being a little facetious, and I, I, it is something to respect. Uh, but yeah, it's like, oh, they could just put Nick Mullins in at running back, and <laughs> they would get like 78 yards and a touchdown just automatically. Uh, I'm very curious to see how it plays out because they always have like eight running backs on the roster, and like three of them are on the practice squad, and you never know who's <laughs> going to do what. Uh, I've, I've bought into the hype on Trey Sermon. I was thinking maybe he would get kind of a lead role at some point and part of me is hoping that there's just some 
truth to the whispers out there that his deal was discipline related as like a motivating thing and not actual performance. Um, but I guess we'll see. I think he'll probably be active this week and he'll get his chance. Yeah. Well, if it is from on the manipulation side, like that is some old school. I hate that kind of stuff, but to each coach their own. Well, I mean, if you read the stuff he was saying about Brandon, Ayuk, that for sure kind of seems to play in with him. He was upset that he brought his PS five on the, since it was an away game and made a comment about how he needs to learn to be a pro and all that stuff. So he's definitely not above doing that. Yeah. That's fair. Um, but yeah, uh, Goff kind of, I mean, he, he was made to be a Lions quarterback. Let's be real. It's a perfect yeah. fit. Uh, they deserve each other, and it's hilarious. Yeah, and Goff golfed. He threw the ball to the running backs and the tight end. <laughs> he will not throw. There, there's, their highest receptions for a receiver was uh, former Titan Khalif Raymond. Yeah. Rough. Rough. I thought it would be Tyrell Williams, but... But no, that not starting any receiver on that team except for Hawkinson. Um, I do think it was cool how they used the running backs, though. It uh, looks like Jamal yeah. Williams and Swift will both be great fantasy options. Yep, I would agree. I think that's just what they're going to do all season. Yep. All right, well, up next we had uh, one of my favorite games to keep an eye on just because I, I love Dalvin Cook and, and Justin Jefferson. Uh, the Bengals, Joey Burrow pulls off a, a great victory in overtime as the Bengals take down the Vikings. Yeah, and this is, oh my gosh, what a classic, just a Kirk Cousins football team. It's like <laughs> Philip Rivers. It's like, I heard someone on the radio say the difference between the Philip Rivers Chargers and the Justin Herbert Chargers is the Justin Herbert Chargers won that game against the football team yes. yesterday. It's like, that is a game that Philip Rivers loses or like is trying to do a two minute drive. And throws for, an interception. For some, yeah, it throws an interception. It's like that's what that's just what happens. And I feel like that Kirk Cousins has that thing. He's taking on that like, mantle. <laughs> yeah, where like he had a totally fine game. Like he didn't he didn't throw any picks. He was pretty efficient. Like, but he didn't he didn't win the game. Like they lost the game. I don't know how else to say it. It's it. I feel so bad for the Vikings because. I don't know. They seem good. Like they play pretty well. Dalvin Cook, I guess, ne- never really got going the way you'd like, but he still did totally. He was still hundred had a hundred yards. You know, he got yeah. his touches. Yeah, still uh, got lots of great receptions as they were trying to make a comeback. Still found the end zone. Uh, I'm happy with them. At, you know, as a fantasy owner, um, I have a hard time. I can't. I used to like Kirk Cousins, and when he had his his upcoming in in Washington and the whole you like that stuff, like I was all bought in. And the older he's gotten, I just don't. He doesn't do anything for me. Uh, you know, he's being a bonehead off the field too. With the way he talks about stuff is really silly. Uh, I'm kind of wishy washy yeah, on plexiglass, him. plexiglass cousins. <laughs> yeah. So. I'm- you know, I, he is what he is, but I do like purple a lot. So <laughs> I find myself rooting for, for the Vikings. And Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson just look so cool in purple. Yeah. Also, Thielen with his yellow shoes, or gloves maybe, yeah. he has something really bright yellow on him. And <laughs> I love it because I always know which one, like, like for some reason, when I'm glancing around at the television, I, I can always pick out Thielen <laughs> quickly. <laughs> yeah. Not because of the bright white arms uh, on <laughs> when he lines up with the yellow. Uh, usually not a great combo, yellow and white arms. Um, so moving over to the other side here, uh, I know it's it may be 
not the best to publicly root so hard for Joe Mixon, but just from like a talent of a player perspective, I've always believed he had it in him to be like the or top three best running backs in the league. Um, and I'm just glad he was able to showcase that this, this game because I think he's super talented. Yeah, I was going to say too about this game, like Joe Mixon had a great game. He had probably, if if you were a Mixon owner, this is exactly what you've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. This is, he he was, you know, doing everything you ask in terms of like number of carries, number of touches, yards, get, scoring a touchdown, just like he did everything. Just like you want. Yeah, couldn't be happier. Uh, and then, a great game from the rookie. Jamar Chase said, uh, I actually do know how to catch the football. Uh, you guys are crazy for thinking otherwise and just had an awesome game. Oh, yeah. You, you love to see it. Love to see it when... I also remember he tweeted out 1-0 and before the game, like on Thursday night or something. And so I love him calling his shot. Yeah. I'm, I'm all here for that. I think uh, I, I've been nervous like for the Bengals and Joe Burrow that like he was so uh, I don't I don't know if demand, demanding is probably too strong, but he, he was so like confident that he wanted them to draft chase over Panay, uh, but they did it and to make their guy happy. And I really hope it works out for him because uh, it would just be fun if they, if they're good. Yes. All right. Uh, T Higgins was great as well. Uh, next game, probably the game I care the least about and have really the least thoughts on Jets, Panthers, Darnold, Wilson, uh, just an ugly, horrible game. Two bad teams. <laughs> How funny. I love this game. This game is no. so important. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's not that important. The, the few things I had with this were, um, a lot of, a lot of, shoulder shrug fine like you said like it's sort of what you said but the fact zach wilson the the way he started the game and the fact that in the second half he came back and did something like you know he kept them in it he kept playing down 16 yeah. zero at halftime having a rough day at the office i've talked about going to the office a lot i'm really in <laughs> on these players being very <laughs> professional this season that's right especially zach wilson with his headband and shooting sleeve um <laughs> which that, zach wilson's shooting sleeve is probably the one of i think that it has an elbow pad in it but it, it cracks me up yeah uh but you know he having a, t- a terrible start to the game and you're running for your life to figure out a way to get yourself to be competitive like I don't know. If you're a Jets fan, it at least gives you hope. You you much rather see that that compete. Oh yeah, that's what I was kind of alluding to earlier. Like with with Trevor Lawrence, like I I mean whatever it is fine. But the thing that impressed me about Zach Wilson was just that he showed he would he would be willing to fight. Uh, and it was a it was a hard game. I mean, like I said, every time they showed him on the screen, I just saw him like running around out there for his life. And it looked like he had a pretty good awareness of pressure. Like he was able to know when to move out of the pocket. I don't know how many sacks he took, but I saw him moving a lot and getting throws off. Uh, and that was, you know, one of the comparisons for him was Mahomes and he's the best at it, you know, making some kind of crazy move, uh, running around and then throwing it uh, and, and just slinging it in there. So I'm uh, not ready to say that, you know, he's going to be Mahomes, but I think he does no. have... Uh, some some great potential. Uh, but from yep, a f- fantasy I, perspective, you're not starting anyone from this team except for Corey Davis. 
that's probably true. We'll see, though. You know, that's the thing with rookie quarterbacks. It depends. Sometimes they develop more quickly. So we'll see. But on the other side, Sam Darnold had the most vanilla quarterback game of all time. Yes, the old classic 279 <laughs> yard uh, passing yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Yep, managed the game, threw the ball to Christian McCaffrey a lot, handed it off to him a lot. Uh, worked out for him. Panthers get get a W. Um, I am curious to see how good the Panthers' defense is because I'm also curious to see how good, like, with the Jets' offense. Is, are the Panthers, is the Panthers' defense good? Is the, the Jets' offensive line terrible? Yeah. What's the deal on that? I would, I would imagine maybe a little both. Uh, I don't know for sure, but... I think this is what you probably want Darnold to do. Just go in there and not mess it up. Let McCaffrey touch the ball 30 times and kind uh, <laughs> of control everything. Uh, throw it to Robbie Anderson one time for a deep touchdown. Um, so we'll see. As Terrence Marshall develops, maybe the offense gets a little more flavor. Yeah, and he was. Ta- I was happy with his his targeted amount. So, and also I know his name is Terrace, but. It, like let's be real that's it's gonna be terrence like i'm sure he's just, everyone calls him terrence no i gotta call it terrace i love terrace i love that name um terrace house i'll just call him terrace house <laughs> all right well i i can't bring myself to talk about that game anymore um we already talked about it too much <laughs> so let's talk about the next game uh this one uh for all of our listeners out there in, in titan land it, it's it was a rough one to start um I'll try to think of something nice to say about the Titans game before the segment's over, but it's going to be rough because the Cardinals came out and pretty much pitched a perfect game. Kyler Murray was electric. Uh, Chandler Jones, just amazing uh, on the defensive line. Yeah, this game was an absolute just, just blast to the chest. It was rough. It was rough to watch. Um, so there's a lot of thoughts I have about this game. The And I want to start with talking about something that I didn't hear talked about much in the offseason because you just assume Derrick Henry can run the ball. But I'm quite concerned about our offensive coordinator um, as a Titans fan. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to tell you, cause, because, I mean, if we, if we want to talk about this game, it's it's Kyler Murray doing Kyler Murray things, throwing to DeAndre Hopkins, being amazing, toe-tapping and all sorts of insane stuff. A.J. Brown even has a reaction of like, I can't believe he got his feet down on his touchdown in the back of the end zone. Yeah. Christian Kirk just burning the secondary. Um, you know, big running back by committee. They pretty much did everything they wanted. Yep. Like, ran, yeah, they, they crushed us. So... <clears throat> So with the Titans, I'm going to take us into a new segment that I'm going to call uh, Coach Coach Willie's X's and O's. So in this segment, we're going to be breaking down like a play that I think was a huge impact play or just something important. It will probably be from the Titans, but it's just general football. So if you remember in this game, there is a strip sack for a touchdown or maybe it was down at the one yard line. I can't remember exactly, but no, I think it was a touchdown. So that is the dumbest play call I think I have ever seen. Mm. And here's why. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so that play is a play action boot, naked boot. So with the naked boot, they're not going to pull anyone back around. So they're totally relying on the fake and everyone reading that fake so that Tannehill can just roll out, be, have enough time to get turned. Mm-hmm. So the way that this is just from playing football, like what we would do in our games is every quarterback is taught, like when you hand the ball off, always boot. And the reason why is offensive coordinators get to see how the defensive end reacts, right? Like, mm-hmm. do they do they flow down with the fake or do, are they playing the quarterback pretty hard? And so you can get to know that pretty early on in a game and you can run it. So our offensive coordinator, Todd Downing, Todd, <laughs> decides that on the fourth play of a brand new season, he's going to run the naked boot. He's his his script called for run on first down, gun, shotgun, shotgun, punt, naked boot. So that's how much information he's decided he needs about this team. However, I went back and watched the first that first run play, and it, and Chandler Jones is the one with the strip sack yep. on this one. Um, but I watched the first play, and on the first run, it was a different defensive player. It was number nine. But so they run that same stretch play, and he doesn't even read the hard down. He takes the step down and then goes straight for Tannehill on like when Tannehill does like that the boot out like you're supposed to do. So I'm even more mad that they showed that they're reading the boot. Like they're like it was like it's on the field. You just saw them. And so I am just absolutely mortified about the Titans offense pretty completely because that's like in the film room, like I got, we'll do some different, but in this one, this is where like our head coach would be like, it would lean over and be like, coach whoever that's on you son that's a bad play call <laughs> like because coaches would get called out in film sometimes and they're like that nah, that's a bad play son that's what i would say to todd downing today so coach Downing, that's a bad play son <laughs> yeah you you worry with you know new offensive coordinator and new personnel on the offense as well you know it's going to be a crap shoot but you would hope that at least they would do something that they know works before trying that so early. Uh, great insight. I'm very excited for this segment uh, going forward to uh, to teach us all a little bit more about the X's and O's. Um, there was probably a lot you could have pulled from this game to just uh, a lot of things broke down. Um, I think, you know, Taylor Lewan coming back from injury, I don't know what that's about how because i mean he struggled really badly uh just i mean you don't expect that from what's supposed to be your anchor in the line and then you know if if i'm a titans fan uh i do i worry about uh i've said this on this podcast for a couple years but what happens when like derrick henry doesn't get to run the ball when they're behind by so much in the fourth quarter and they don't get to wear him down uh, like he runs it for three yards and that's it. There was that really weird play uh, right on the goal line where uh, he wasn't even able to score. It just they couldn't get his foot down because of the blocking and he's he's not the type of back to like be able to make a cut there and be quick. So just a lot of weird things here. Um, but again, my, I guess my positive thing is really not anything from the game because even the kicking was bad. <laughs> so missed extra point and missed field goal. But I think that... Uh, 
I'm very curious to watch how Julio Jones responds to Vrabel's call out because uh, I I have a feeling that maybe Julio's a bit more of a a drama queen or like a, a diva behind the scenes than we've been led to believe over the last several years in Atlanta. Uh, I don't know if it just has boiled to the surface and like his older age or, or like what happened. Uh, but it seems like this, the way with he, the way he exited and the way Vrabel's talking about him uh, is not who I would have expected uh, Julio Jones to be. So I think we we need to keep an eye on him. If this motivates him to get his stuff together and him and Tana, he'll get on the same page. I think the Titans will be fine. Uh, if not, it, it could be a long year. Yeah. I do have one thing to say about this for, uh, Mike Frapel has said a player's done dumb shit before. Um, so like what I'm saying, like this is a motto that he just uses. It's a, it's a motivational thing. Yeah. It's just like what he does. This mm-hmm. is like, he's like his, don't, maybe I defend him because my dad used to tell me this. His rule to me was <laughs> don't do dumb shit. Yeah. So like, and it it's, was I think I, the, the yeah, it was, was really killer. just d- yeah, and now we don't know what was said. You know, this is mm-hmm. always classic because it was not just like he just randomly did it. It was sure. there was obviously something happening, but yeah. So I think I'm I'm very sympathetic to that to that saying or like, yeah, I kind of it's just not as big of a deal to me. Yeah, I mean, I get I get I definitely get the sentiment. I don't think Rabel's in the wrong by <laughs> by doing that or yeah. saying that. Uh, I'm just curious on how julio responds like if he doesn't have that respect yet or that like like if if you know because it's like in my you know month and a half so far in the classroom like some kids you can kind of like pick at when you're telling them like to be quiet by like making fun of them in like a you know gentle way and they think it's funny and then they're like oh i'm sorry and they go sit down or they're like who are you to like talk to me like this and it only gets worse you know so i'm very Mm -hmm. curious like is julio actually this like seasoned veteran that we are led to believe he is and can he get back on track i'm very curious um only thing i was going to say on the cardinals was that uh one i almost gave my workman of the week award to kyler murray but um i just i think cooper won more fantasy matchups this week but he was electric out there all the weapons were there except for i mean aj green i guess kind of showed a little bit of his age uh we're i think we're probably moving past him uh but uh, Kirk and Rondell Moore really showed off his speed when 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 he oh, figures yeah. figures it out. I think he's going to have a nice fun career. So I'm excited to have him in a league. Oh yeah, I loved Rondell Moore. All right, well that'll wrap up our AFC South. Uh, next up, we have what probably should have been a primetime game. Would have loved to have this in the Sunday night spot instead of what we did have: uh, Browns and Chiefs. Uh, a, a pretty awesome game that looked like the Browns were going to run away with before Mahomes did Mahomes thing and. It brought it back for him. Yeah. What do you say? What do you say about just the Browns did like almost everything right? <laughs> just not the very last part. It's like, yeah, but that's what Patrick Mahomes does to you. I like Baker only threw seven incompletions, but he did have an interception. And that's the thing, Baker. You have if you have hmm. one job, you can't throw picks, brother. That's it. Especially against the Chiefs. The Chiefs punish. Yeah, that's like uh, the old 
Belichick Brady regime, like you had to play a perfect game. It's it's like Alabama now in college football. Like if you if you give them a a spot, like you give them a chance, like it's over. Yeah, just so, so advantageous. Um, I, I do think the Browns, like Browns fans, should still be happy. Like after last season, and they you know won a playoff game and opening up at Kansas City with a game like this. I you know I hate moral victories a lot of times, but I do think you're like okay, like we can get this together oh yeah they're they're doing great this is actually the browns played the way that i would it's hoping the titans would come out and play Mm. like to me these are almost mirror matchups of like kyler murray and the cardinals versus you know versus the titans and chiefs browns or what it should have been it did not turn out that way yeah it did not um but nick chubb still had an awesome game uh fantasy wise and tyree gill Another uh, honorable mention for Workman of the Week, 11 receptions for basically 200 yards and a touchdown. Uh, unreal production. Oh, yeah. Kelsey, same thing. Uh, I'm going to watch CEH, see what his uh, season looks like. Like I'm kind of down on him a bit, but uh, he did get some some pass work, so that'll help. Yeah, and they're still getting him like 15, 14, 15 carries. That, that's yeah reasonable. That's definitely enough. Browns have a good defense, so. All right, um, let's move on. This was a game I was very excited about, the Dolphins and the Patriots. Uh, you know, I'm a big Tua believer, talked about it a lot the last couple of years, and was very happy for him to, to march into New England and get a road win, a uh, squeaker over Mac Jones. Yeah, this was, this was that game that everyone's like, who knows what's going to happen? Everything's so different for all these teams. Yeah, I think uh, people were wondering if... Mac Jones was going to be able to come in right away and just like plug into the Patriot system. And I really believe he was like put on this earth to be a quarterback for Bill Belichick. Well, yeah, that, he, that's why he was the quarterback for Nick Saban, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> right, <laughs> the, like, the pipeline. Yeah. And then Tom Brady will come and be his quarterback coach. And then he'll do that stuff. He'll do that boring stuff. He'll become a robot. Yeah, he um, he he definitely showed that he has it in him to be a robot. Uh, but I'm gonna root for him uh, for whatever reason. I you know I hated the Patriots for many years, hated Brady, and now in his old age, I love him. Uh, I'm kind of rooting for Mac Jones. That picture of him, all chubby with the cigar, it's I just it's endearing, and <laughs> I wish him the best. Um, but yeah, outside of Tua's horrible interception late in the game that could have lost it for him, uh, I think he played well and had a nice rushing rushing touchdown. Um, and I think people are glossing over like that this win for the Dolphins could like make their season because going in to New England and winning in week one, uh, you know, they're pumped. They were already uh, like fringe playoff contenders last year and boom, I think they're going to have a good year. Yeah, that's a good point. The getting that early divisional win is always nice. And Jalen Waddle had a great, pretty good uh, debut as well. Yeah. Oh Yeah. Another rookie getting a getting a touchdown in the first first game played. So there are three rookie running well, wide receivers getting a touchdown. Yeah, the 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 top three guys that were taken, I believe, right? Yeah, they were the top three. Um, all did really did really well in the first week. Um, uh, in this late night uh, version of the corporate global fantasy 
podcast or whatever it's called, Global Football Podcast. Things are going crazy. We're up past our bedtime. Marianne just delivered me ice cream. It's a good night. Uh, let's move into our next game. Broncos and Giants. Uh, Daniel Jones, <laughs> just as bad as everyone thought. Yeah. Like I said, don't want any part of this offense, this team. Sterling Shepard still managed to put up like a decent fantasy performance. And, you know, Daniel Jones, he didn't throw any picks, but he did have another fumble, I think. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> that he did. He definitely did. It was very bad. I think he, this is another one of the things I saw. I think he has like 30 fumbles in his career already. The dude just can't hold on to the ball. Yeah, he's he, setting lots of records for fumbles. It's uh, bizarre. Managed to be the leading rusher on the Giants, though, um, yeah. for the week. That's uh, how bad it's gotten bad. What kind of odds could you have gotten that with Saquon? <laughs> Very bizarre. <laughs> really bad. Um, um, on the Bron- oh, Broncos side, uh, I was trying to give you a, a minute with the ice cream, you know, trying to trying to give you a little, a little chance to dig in. Yeah, go for it. Um, on the Broncos side, Teddy Bridgewater, I think he was doing exactly what the Broncos sort of want him to do, which was just be really efficient. Like we've talked a lot about like teams are either like my quarterback gets to go out there and wheel and deal, or they're like, we want you to not throw picks. We're going to run the offense. And that's exactly what Teddy did. Now getting a lot of help from Melvin Gordon and Javante chewing up 150 yards, almost rushing. So not asked to do too much. Yeah, um, I thought Javante had a, a pretty good debut. I was, I don't know if I was, sh- I wasn't shocked, but I was surprised uh, with Melvin Gordon's involvement. So I think we'll have to wait a little bit before we see a true pull away from uh, from him as far as Javante goes. But uh, my two big things with this are, one, I'll, I have an award to give out before we move on. But secondly, I'm really, really sad about Judy. I'm glad it looks like the injury isn't as bad as they thought it was. It looks like maybe just four to six weeks with his ankle. But before he got hurt, he was out there uh, doing awesome things. I'm a, I'm a really big fan of his and hope he comes back strong. But in the meantime, the, the Broncos, it's funny that they have Teddy Bridgewater, like that they had the choice between Bridgewater and Locke because I, I really wish they would have gotten someone else because this offense just has a ton of very likable like great receivers uh like KJ Hamler and Tim Patrick both I think are very fun uh but they're behind Judy and and Sutton so uh, at least one of those guys will get a chance to shine while Judy's out that's true yeah very Washington football team where you just feel like you're just a quarterback away you have a lot of the other pieces in place but that import that position is just too important and so they they just have trouble getting it to all of these great as, like weapons they've acquired yes absolutely um well before we move on because it was kind of a a bummer game um i do have an award to give out my second one of the day the last one it is the snake oil salesman of the week award Ooh. uh do you have a guess who it's going to before i give it out sterling shepherd yeah sterling shepherd right so yeah. i actually like sterling shepherd i think he's a pretty good player um I had chased him down early in his career uh, to get him on a couple of uh, dynasty leagues. But with this one, uh, this is uh, one of my things I talk about a lot on this show. If you just pay attention to the stat box, uh, and that's why this award is created, then you're going to get tricked by some folks. Uh, This was not your typical seven catch, 100 yard and touchdown game. 
a lot of this came at the very, very end of the game, just like trash time, uh, you know, defense had, had kind of relaxed a bit. Giants do anything they can to get back into it. I also think that uh, now that we've seen Kenny Galladay be healthy, I think him and Daniel Jones over the next month or so will kind of put together a little bit more uh, rapport. Uh, there was two catches that he made towards the end of the game that showed why he's like hyped the way he is. He's super talented, more talented than Sterling Shepard. So don't expect this uh, top 10 fantasy performance to continue. I agree with that one. That take is a strong. All, All right. right. On to the next one. Yeah, on to uh, probably the most surprising result. No, not probably. Definitely the most surprising result of week one. Packers get blown out by uh, famous Jameis and the Saints. Yeah, just a strange game. I didn't get to catch, like, watch much of it um, because the Chiefs-Browns game was on. Uh, But just seemed like... the, the best way to put it would be if I was watching the game, I would imagine this game being one of those where the Packers just couldn't convert on third downs. Like they couldn't get it. They couldn't string together enough plays in a row to even really move the ball, um, which is pretty disheartening. But I, I will say that I'm not too concerned about the Packers. I, I, I think this is a, like an anomaly game. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think that, <clears throat> excuse me, I didn't get to watch uh, really any of it. I actually don't, now that I come to think of it, I only watched uh, Chiefs Browns as well. But my guess would be that Rodgers is going to do anything he can in, over the next week or two to like make up whatever offseason laziness has happened or whatever with all that drama and him being away. I think he'll put in overtime with Adams and they'll be able to bounce back. Because like, if you were to look at Aaron Jones' stat line, five rushes, nine yards, like it's not like Aaron Jones got that bad over a summer or something. Like I, I just I cannot imagine that this is actually the worst offense in the NFL. Um, but it would look like it if you just saw their stats from this game. Um, so I, I'm not panicking either. I'm glad that Taysom Hill only got one pass attempt in. Uh, mm-hmm. Very happy for Jameis. I guess the LASIK worked and... Uh, excited to see him as a fantasy player this year. Yeah. Uh, also, just strange. He had he was fourteen of twenty, so he only had twenty attempts, and it was only it was for fewer than one hundred and fifty yards, but for five touchdowns. So yeah, super bizarre. Just a strange. Just th- how the game played out was just bizarre. And one um, one catch for Marque- Marquez Callaway. Yeah, and Jawan Johnson. With two touchdown receptions. Yep. Sniped uh, our boy Adam Troutman. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, this was a strange game. I I just throw this into the, like, yeah, you have outlier games that just, like, (laughs) yeah, it just happens. So, I'm hold hold on everything from that game. Every season, there's a week one game like this. Uh, It's just usually not with, like, two big, big, big name, big name teams. Um, All right, lastly, we have uh, the two primetime games, Rams-Bears. This one was not very exciting. The Rams pretty much uh, dominated this game. Uh, Looks like the Stafford experiment is going to work with Sean McVay. Yeah, I can't. He looked amazing. I'm happy for him. 
He looked he looked like he was at home. Mm-hmm. Like he's been waiting for this for that game with that playbook his whole life is what it felt like. I mean, he only threw six incompletions, dunking for three hundred yards and three touchdowns. He just everything he did worked. If that's just how it felt. If he didn't get sacked, yeah, it was over. Super efficient. Um, Daryl Henderson did a good job on, uh, on the ground. Cooper Cup PPR monster, and then. Uh, classic Matt Stafford just with a beautiful deep ball to Van Jefferson on that big touchdown. Uh, hope to see more of that from either him or Robert Woods, who was kind of quiet uh, in this game. Uh, but I think that they've got uh, just between Jefferson, Woods, and I don't know if Deshaun Jackson is still fast, but uh, they should be good for at least like one huge play uh, every week with Stafford because he's never going to be afraid to air it out. Oh, yeah, he's going to take his shots. And he's in an offense where he's allowed to. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, on the other side, it, it's embarrassing. Matt Nagy, like, it just it makes me angry. Um, and Justin Fields just needs to go ahead and play. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, you know, they let Andy Dalton go out there against the Rams defense, and he did terribly. And they, Justin Fields got to see it, scored a touchdown, you know, rush got a rushing touchdown, snuck in there, so... The, the, they're obviously showing that they like the guy. They're trying to give some little hints. Uh, Matt Nagy is though a moron. I have to give him credit. He goes for it on fourth down way more frequently than the others. On the downside, <laughs> uh, he had, did have a point in the game where uh, he had a fourth and 15 in field goal range and chose to not kick it to get it within two scores. Which like yeah. I could see you saying like, well, I, you can't say this, but it's like, well, I honestly thought we weren't stopping the Rams again. <laughs> like they, they, whatever we were doing, they figured out. So we're like, we got to score touchdowns. Um, but if there's any positive I have to say slightly is that he, you know, I think he knows what he's got and he's going for it on fourth down. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, I mean, I don't know. I just, it's, you know, we we already talked about at length the other rookies and how you know you let Zach Wilson go out there and run around and struggle. Uh, you let Trevor Lawrence make his mistakes. I just think that's good for these guys, and uh, Justin Fields deserves the same thing. So hopefully he's in there uh, in a week or two, and you know Nagy can give up the nonsense of whatever he promised uh, Andy Dalton. Uh, but from a fantasy perspective, David Montgomery had a great game uh, against a good defense uh, fantasy-wise. So I had another big run. Maybe I think he had two pretty big runs, which is kind of what he did last year. Uh, you know, have a couple big runs and a touchdown and mask a pretty average player in between those. But if it's fantasy, then that's great. You don't really care about the rest. Um, and then Cole Komet, uh, tight end, uh, had a little breakout game uh, as well. Nine points uh, PPR. Yeah, uh, they seem to like Cole Komet in the offense. Uh, that might just, you know, when a quarterback changes, you never know, but at least getting involved for now. And David Montgomery, I thought, had a tremendous game against a very good Rams defense. Uh, when they couldn't get anything going, throwing the ball really worth anything. And so, yeah, I think that that super efficient, even in a tough, it's nice to see him in a tough matchup be able to be successful it is i i'm not rooting against him necessarily i i was surprised throughout the offseason you know i was very hard on him to close out last fantasy season but i think 
people actually just had realistic expectations. I just really thought that he would be hyped, and I think people kind of saw through it and accepted him from what what he is. Uh, and that's good because you need to have guys that you're like, yeah, he's fine. He's a, a low end RB two who will have some good weeks here and there. So, uh, and we'll see. I could be wrong still. Um, well, let's move on to the last game. Uh, the would have been the game of the week or the year most other weeks, and maybe some people liked it better than the the first game. Uh, I have to freely admit, I'm not going to say much here because it was way past my bedtime uh, and I couldn't stay up and watch it after doing that Thursday. But uh, I will just say from what I gathered, uh, <laughs> kind of hilarious, <laughs> like both teams were trying to give it away in the end and it sounded like a wild finish. Yeah, insane finish. Um, both just in, yeah, the gaffes of the interception into the fumble and you're just like oh my goodness it, it did it just felt it was a great game but it was kind of sloppy right like it wasn't like a well-played good game so that's why i think i'd probably maybe take it down because it was more of just teams trying to figure it out at the same time at the same level it felt like um relative to like tampa bay dallas where it felt like they were already clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but that's just, with that said, it was still a fu- super fun game to watch. Still a little concerned about Lamar Jackson throwing the football. Um, I mean, yeah, that that, sh- that should be a given. Um, also, Darren Waller is obviously Unreal. who the... Yeah, and who like that's who the Raiders want to get the ball to. That's who Derek Carr wants to throw the ball to every play. There's no one else. And I wouldn't either if I was him. Kept taking my shots downfield. Yeah. That's about it. I one of the uh <laughs> football podcasts I listened to broke down that game a little bit and talked about how uh early on it was actually a little too much. And then eventually <laughs> he kind of started to spread it around a little bit and that's when they had more success. But then there was like one point he missed him on a huge wide open, what would have been like a long touchdown. Uh, like you didn't see him or something, but yeah, I think that's a thing where, like, I'm not buying into Carr for fantasy because uh, I, I, I just he's gonna have these weeks and then he's gonna have his like seven point weeks, uh, and that's just rough. Like he's he needs to be a QB two if <laughs> if you're playing super flex, but uh, don't go buying Derek Carr after this one. Uh, I am excited for Hollywood Brown. Uh, I want him to be good. Because uh, I've been mad that he was stuck on the Ravens in that passing offense because I think he's really good. And he had a great game. Six catches, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Heck yeah. He he did indeed. And Sammy Watkins. Yeah. Who uh, knew? Having a, a good game as well. So, you know, there's a lot. This is a game where both teams say, yeah, we had some problems, but we did a lot of things well. They, they, they're having a, a pretty peaceful film session. Yes, that that is a great way to put it. All right, well, if you stuck with us this far, congratulations. You made it to the halfway point of this supersized week one edition. Uh, that is our game recap. Uh, we're just happy to be back talking football. Yes. And, you know, the this segment gets shorter as bye weeks start to come in. <laughs> the number of games we have to talk about reduces. Oh, yeah. And fall will come in and, you know, the two of us will be pulled out to the river and the pumpkin patches. And, you know, we won't be able to watch every game like we demanded to this week. So, you know. It'll get shorter, don't you guys worry. But it's time now to shift over to talk about the Corporate Global Dynasty League, which is why we do this show. 
Spicer, if if uh, we didn't lose him in the first hour fifteen, uh, <laughs> then let's try to keep him here. Tell us about the league this year and and what we're looking at after week one. All right. So, as our TV show recaps for new seasons come around, let's get a rundown of all the teams in the league again. Coming up first, we have a team full of attitude, full of piss and vinegar, and a GM to match it. We have the popular ballers. Hmm. Next, a team from the depths of hell. (laughs) That's it. Just kidding. This is a team that he and his brother run the ethereal realm together in a kind of co, uh, you know, classic kind of heat miser, cold miser thing going on. Mm -hmm. And younger brother... But strong manager, Colton Hine and the Pit Kings, who we'll get talked to and hear from a little bit later. Next, we have the classic horns and all coming out of the dog himself, Huck Van and the Winter Faces. This is just your classic, just 90s in your face, like... I don't know how to describe it's Detroit Pistons, Chicago Bulls, Lakers, Celtics. That's just how this team feels. Like everyone on the team is just a classic. Next, coming from across the pond, our team representing London. <laughs> London. Touch Downton Abbey. And Rudy Rodriguez, it's GM. Coming in from the mean streets of Gotham, we have none other than our podcast host, Hunter Hawes, and his Gotham Knights. Happy to be here. Yes. Next, the older brother of the two gods, Brady Hine and the God Kings, with, in my opinion, still my favorite jersey design of all of the league, I think. Very clean. Um... And this is a team full of, how, how, how can I say it? It is a lot of just golden boys. Mm-hmm. It, it, it really does feel like that. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, uh, Amari Cooper. Cooper. Just some, some golden, golden lads. Coming in with one of the youngest teams. Seeing if they can start to crawl their way out of the, uh, out of the tank. Start winning some games as they sold off for picks in a strong draft class. We have Noah and the Flamin' Hot Cheetahs. Next, the Matriarchs. And Katie with them, coming in as our winners of last year's Corporate Global Fantasy League. Yeah, their team is... Reigning champs. Very good. Yeah, (laughs) it's... And... All, her players just give their all for her. They really do. They, they all really they, do. they just they just love playing for it, it seems. Even when the chips are down, she seems to always have some last minute heroics from her team with Waller and she just has so many players that can just go off for what seems like a million points. 
next up, we have the most uh, fun team. The team that parties the most. This team loves hanging out, playing video games together. This is the Josh Allen to like Stefan Diggs playing playing video games together. This is just they're all about the camaraderie and the fun and the chaos. This is Ryan and the Marley Magic. And then last, it's me, the Bruce Matthews. And oh an homage to my hero, one of my heroes, Bruce Matthews of the Tennessee Titans. Who was talked about in uh, the kickoff of the NFL? Briefly. Oh yeah, yeah, because he played a lot of games. He played, sure a lot, did. <laughs> played a lot of football games. A lot of football. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So now that we know all the characters here again, let's talk a little bit about it. Yeah, if you want to hear more about uh, changes this off season, go back through the podcast feed. We did a whole show about the draft and about league changes and all types of stuff. You can get caught up very easily uh, because when you hear the records this year, you'll notice some weird stuff. Uh, we've got a game against the median. Uh, and this week, uh, very bizarrely, right off the bat, none, that didn't even matter. Uh, we've got uh, a staunch line drawn in the sand as five teams win and also all were the top five scoring teams. So we got five teams at 2-0 and o and five teams at 0-2. Yep. And let me tell you, I didn't think that... Uh, I don't know if fantasy wins are any sweeter with getting the two, but I can feel the pain of getting a double loss already. Yeah. Didn't feel great. Uh, I'll tell you that uh, as somebody <laughs> last year who lost two games uh, for the entire season um, to lose, uh, to be 0-2 to start week one is not great. Um, I was, I was pretty bummed. Uh, I'm not bummed in a, like a, I'm not scared of the team. My team, I still think I have one of the best teams in the league. Um, but getting a, a big fat zero from Brandon Ayuk to start the year uh, really rub you the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, it is tough. But you're not the only one. So. Yeah, there was, lot, I mean, lots of struggles. Matt Ryan blew it up for me too. You know, it's just one of those things. <clears throat> it's okay. I, I'd rather go ahead and get it out of the way now. The pressure is off the Gotham Knights to go undefeated as somebody on this podcast foolishly <laughs> suggested. Um, and now the guys can just put the nose to the grindstone, break out the alternate uniforms this week, and move forward. Nice. You love hearing that from from a team that really did, feels like underperformed a bit. And re- and the, the thing is, though, they so underperformed that you know you have much better. I mean, to take a zero in any spot is automatically like, well, this is a weird week. Yeah. When your when your wide receivers combine for uh, just over twenty one points as a unit, when most teams have a guy scoring that by himself, you know you're in trouble. Yeah, that's tough to come back from. But you know it's okay. I, the, my bench, I had like three receivers that scored really well on the bench, so I just got to put the right guys in. Uh, my running backs were awesome. Uh, we don't have to talk about me. I'm fine. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. So. One of the so as far as matchups go, um, I beat the matriarchs this week. Matriarchs tough week. Um, Derrick Henry, you know, we talked about not getting going. Zeke just not being part of offensive game plan. Uh, Allen Robinson is, I think, just going to struggle with Andy Dalton, and you are a little concerned about Tyler Boyd being the man, odd man out there in Cincinnati. 
But I talked with the matriarchs this weekend, and they seem they seem like they are not concerned at all. Their bench is feeling good, similar to you. It's all about just playing the playing the right folks, you know. She's the horses are there, just trying to put the right ones out there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not concerned for this team at all. Um, I think Zeke and Derrick Henry will be fine. Uh, both quarterbacks, even even though they won their games, just didn't have to do much. Uh, Tyler Boyd will have his weeks. He will be a hit or miss, but that's what you want out of your flex players anyways. Uh, Allen Robinson against the Rams, you know, the, Andy Dalton's got to get out of there. This team is going to be just A-OK. I think the, the reigning champs do not need to press the panic button. I would agree. Um, now, yeah. a team that does need to press the panic button probably uh, is the popular ballers. Um, they were uh, better than me and and Katie. So, uh, you know, maybe that, that sounds a little unfair. Um, but I think, honestly, looking at the team, you, ca- you got to look at how Dak, Derek Carr, McCaffrey, Cooper Cup all kind of had their best weeks. And maybe you say like you're hoping for more from Callaway and Pitts going forward. Um, but I, I just don't see this team getting much better, uh, especially once people start getting hurt. Mm, I do think getting hurt is going to be tough. I, I have to say um, that having Tyson Williams, like you, you don't play him in the first week, understandable. But I do think that he will be productive as a swap in for in in the flex for like that McCole Hardman sort of spot who will sort of cycle between that player Tyson Williams um, and Nelson Aguilar who had a a pretty good day and with Mac Jones there could could be able to be more valuable. He also has Will Fuller coming back next week, so I'm interested yeah, to see helpful. how how that goes. It's it's there's there's just so many. There's so many ways this team could go, and it's like you feel like they could, but every it's like you just don't know. They always have some kind of weird question mark around that flex spot player. Yeah, and I, I it's funny. I, I, if I could redo the the segment, I would start a little differently because I I was driving back from the game. I I literally pulled up into my driveway. Uh, getting home at like 11.58 on Sunday after going to the Kentucky game. So like I didn't get to really dig through everyone's rosters and see who people started. And and once I was losing, I really kind of stayed away from like <laughs> digging through the, the other people's lineups. But um, I am like dumbfounded <laughs> that Aaron started McCole Hardman over Tyson Williams. Like even though he hasn't played anything, we he still was going to be the starter. That to me is crazy. I think uh, even though I've, Early in his career, I liked McCole Hardman. Uh, one thing that Aaron and I both have in common is that we both have irrationally high hopes for like our flex type players or like our unproven receivers. Uh, and I, you can just tell that because he started Hardman. I think that's that's crazy. But uh, yeah, swap those out. And, and actually, he'll he'll be competitive. He'll be competitive for a few weeks. We'll see what happens. Yeah, agreed. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is the pit kings and their situation against the median for a second Mm. it was a heartbreaker heartbreaker ruthless um so we talked about the lamar jackson fumble just so everyone knows our what that what happened was 
um, he had outscored his older brother for the median by about 1.8 points. And then Lamar fumbled, who plays for the Pitt Kings, taking the minus two, dropping him below his older brother to lose his extra median point. Couldn't write it any better, Hollywood. I am devastated. I couldn't even ask a question about it. It's, it, it hurt. Like just watching it hurt me. So I wish I would have been awake for that to unfold live. Mm. It was tough. And from, but, from what uh, I could tell from the group chat, Brady didn't even know until the next morning. No, <laughs> oh. um, but, but I will say the pickings again, talking about their team, like they had a very average week. Mm-hmm. Like almost all their players I'd say like, underperformed pretty significantly except for maybe three yeah three or four and uh it was it's funny he was there there was a lot of people talking about uh fantasy owners scared off by deandre swift because it's the sleeper update that came out before the game and so he benched him uh and, and i don't think he was crazy to do so i mean there, look at his team like everyone there i could see why he did it but now he's confidently going to put him back up in there um, and he'll have to have some interesting flex decisions. I think you probably sit Mike Davis and uh, roll with Swift. But uh, yeah, I mean, Ridley only had 10 points. Mark Andrews only yeah. had six. Like that's not going to be consistent. Yeah, or even Clyde's Edward Hilaire with 10, Mike Davis with 10. Maybe that is their average, but I could see them doing much better than that. Jimmy G at only 14 and Lamar at only 18. Like all that stuff is below average performance so earlier in the season we asked gm of the pit kings colton hyan about what he thought about you know what to expect from trey lance what he wanted to happen for this year with trey lance um, as the owner of jimmy g and trey lance so here's what he had to say preseason this is colton hyan gm of the pit kings longtime listener first time caller my opinion on the Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback battle, uh, since I have both on my squad, I'm of the opinion that I'm okay with Trey Lance sitting on the tacky squad all season. I would love for Jimmy to get a chance to prove himself again and hopefully get some trade interest. Next offseason, I would love to see Jimmy in Denver or Detroit or just another location where I could keep going with my squad as a QB3. And then eventually Trey Lance would step up into a starter position. That is my ideal situation. Um, Whether or not that happens with injuries and whatnot, we'll see. Uh, Either way, I'm excited. But hopefully Jimmy can prove himself and get another team interested in him. All right, and then after his first game usage, here's what the GM had to say about his quarterback duo. After seeing how the 49ers were using Trey Lance, I'm quite conflicted. On one hand, as a fan of Trey, as a young man and a player, uh, I think it's good for his confidence to get some goal line touches. Um, big game time plays there. I think that's good for him developmentally. Uh, but as a GM of the Pit Kings, in a league where every point matters, I think it's, it's probably worst case scenario where he's mostly getting goal line reps, where he's taking away touchdown opportunities for Jimmy. Um, it's tough to see for sure. I think if I were Either of these quarterbacks in this situation, I would probably hate the usage where it's kind of stop and go, 
Uh, you only get two reps at a time if you're Trey, and if you're Jimmy, you get your goal line reps taken away from you. It's pretty frustrating, especially in a league where momentum is everything. Uh, so as far as the 2021 pick kings are concerned, I'm not a fan of the usage. I think it hurts us. Um, but in terms of Trey's development, if they think that's what's best for him, I'll live with it, I guess. And before we talk about uh, the winter faces uh, with the getting the double victory on the other side, uh, it's time for my last segment, my last award. It's time to bring back Hunter's Hunches. Ooh. Uh, I think if we went back and counted last season, the pickings seem to always end up on Hunter's Hunches. Uh, and I'll remind everyone that Hunter's Hunches had the second best record in the league last year behind the Gotham Knights uh, with a 9-3 and three record. And uh, one of those losses was the first first time so i'm gonna try to start off with the win here um what what i try to do is i look at a team that lost and i try to find someone in their starting lineup and someone on their bench with a lower start percentage so that i'm not making an easy call and i predict that they'll score more fantasy points so this is what i have for you colton this week in the flex spot you've got kareem hunt and i'm thinking uh even though they're going against houston this week I think the game could get out of hand easily. And while you may think that would give Kareem Hunt some backup work, I'm not quite predicting that. What I am predicting is that the Chargers are going to be in a shootout with Dallas. Uh, there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. And I think that Jared Cook is going to score a lot of points. So I'm going to say Jared Cook needs to be started over Kareem Hunt. Ooh, I like it. I could see this happening. Jared Cook had a, a good... Targeted eight times. Justin Herbert seems to like to go for him. I like this call. Yeah, huge disparity in star percentage. Uh, so it fits the bill. And this would have him starting three tight ends, which makes sense with the premium. So we'll see. We shall see what he decides. Winner faces uh, come out and show us why they were voted number one. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. CD Lamb. He Higgins, CD Lamb. Yeah. Debo. Debo. DJ Moore. This team's great. We all knew it was great. Wyatt knows it's great himself. He has a great bench. Didn't even play Henderson. Yep. Yeah, all that good stuff. That's all correct. Yep. Okay. Not much you can say to, to that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, only the only thing is that's concerning is the uh, the McLaurin. I think with the quarterback, it's just have question marks around him. Just because I love him. He's my favorite player. He's great. On his team, he's up there, at least. Let's go to last year's uh, Dark Horse playoff team who starts strong this year with a 2-0 and victory over the Flamin' Hot Cheetahs. We got Marley Magic. Yeah, Marley Magic starting Rojo. Negative uh, points. With a, do, doing more harm than good for him. <laughs> uh, that goes under the category of dumb shit Rojo, yeah. as my boy Mike Vrabel would say. Um. But yeah, thankfully for him, everyone else picked up the slack as Rojo was partying on the sideline. Uh, Travis Kelsey's a cheat code and tight end premium. And yeah, I got the Sterling Shepard boom play this week for sure. But a great week. His magic works. Yeah, not sure what he's going to do at that running back spot going forward and when bye weeks come. But um, maybe he'll make a move. If not, then... 
I, I don't know. We're, we're just going to see because he started out 2-0, and and don't take that lightly. If you can compete, you need to compete, so we'll see. Yeah, and, you know, Matt Stafford and Travis Kelsey could give you almost, they could get you between 60 and 100 points between the two of them every week. That sounds like a little too high for me, but I like your optimism. Um, or maybe I should say 50. Yeah, I think that sounds a little better. Yeah. The Young Guns, the Flaming Hot Cheetahs, uh, very frustrating results for them just on the cusp of that median win to soften the blow, uh, but they couldn't pull it off uh, despite a good start from Devontae Smith. Yeah, Devontae Smith showing out for him. Uh, DJ Chark being one of the uh, the Jaguars to connect with Trevor Lawrence uh, during his gunslinging time. Uh, you hate to see Gasicki with mm. the rough zero Gusecki. points while playing. Uh, that's tough. Uh, and, you know, Jerry Judy going out, you know, sucks for everyone, but, uh, you know... Noah's still trying to catch up with putting people on the roster and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the bench isn't deep. And this is not a, you know, we a lot of people said this team could compete this year, but that's not the the goal, I would say. It's not that, you, you know, you're not expected to win. This is kind of like a, I, this team is similar to the Dolphins in a lot of ways, uh, where like you're waiting for Tua to figure it out. And when it does, you expect to, to kind of put it together but for right now it's okay to just find your footing uh, i think this team will, will do that throughout the season yeah and i will say his his moves to get jarvis landry i think jarvis landry will be able to slot in and help a lot potentially in the future and elijah mitchell who oh yeah he also has really can help him out so he has he still has some options but this is the trouble with young teams is you're gonna have to like sort through who's really gonna be used and who's not yep. for a little bit Absolutely. And I think that uh, Saquon will be fine uh, once he gets up to speed. So no worries there. Um, also, I want to go back because I kind of passed over it when we were talking about the popular ballers. Talk about the God Kings. Oh, yeah. For a little bit because it was tough because I want to say they they were sneaking away with the uh, median mm-hmm. median win. Um, so I got we got sucked down into the pit kings there. That's what they do. <laughs> uh, but going back, I think that this is a this is a really good week for Brady to get two wins. Like, and and what I mean by that is like Aaron Rodgers scoring three points and Tunyon scoring three points yeah. is like, and Devontae Adams only scoring ten. Like, essentially, some of his it, the people on what could be like the best passing offense who he owns did nothing, and he still managed to win and get the median point. So yes. If you if you said prior to the game, hey, uh, I'm going to tell you right now that Rogers, Tanyan, and Adams combined for 16 points. How much money, uh, you know, would you bet that you would win your matchup against Popper Ballers and go two and zero? I don't think you would give me very much money. Yeah, I don't think so either. But it just goes to show, like, he has some very high end talent, and you know, with Devonte and Cooper. He could have, I think it is possible to have two of the top three wide receivers. Easy. For sure. Uh, with with Dak back and healthy, I think Cooper is going to be near the top all season. Uh, they're going to have to throw it like 500 times a game. So, 
All right. Uh, well, my computer has 5% battery left, and I'm in the, the recording studio with no charger. So let's end where we need to end, which is talking about the amazing performance, the second-place team, the Woo! no one saw it coming except for him. Touchdown, Navi starts out in second place at 2-0. Well done, touchdown to Navi and, and Rudy. Um. I get, actually, I'm very impressed by this one because this was like a, a kind of like you hit projections on a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the only person who really, I think, busted out. So you had you had Tyreek, which was like probably one of the biggest plays, you know, of the week. But then Corey Davis showing out and Zach Wilson proving like, yeah, Corey Davis is still going to be viable and may even be better than he was fantasy wise, potentially is very promising. Jamar Chase getting his in the first game. And Kittle having a, a, you know, we've talked about this, that Kittle and Tyreek are kind of his his cheat codes, right? Like they mm-hmm. can go off and just win. They can drag the team. And Kittle didn't have one of those. No. So, yeah. I think you're very happy with this if you're uh, TDA. I think you just, you know, you got to watch out for that depth. Uh just got to watch out for it. You got two bench spots. A lot of t- a lot of benchers is tight end. Uh, really, no points on the bench except for Carson Wentz. Uh, that that's useful. So, um, but hey, if you can stay healthy and, and make a run, you know you've got some capital. Maybe you can make a couple trades to to make a push this year because Josh Allen also had a down game and you still got second. So, uh, I think he should be thrilled. He as well, and of course, your double captain, David Montgomery, getting it done. My goodness. It clearly, you know, he felt the trust the organization had in him and decided to, you know, pay that back on the field. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you made it through this whole whole podcast, you deserve a, your own award. Uh, so I'm very proud of you for, for listening. Spicer, did we miss anything? We didn't really talk about your team. Jalen Hurts did oh, great. Jalen Hurts did great. My team did. This is why no one likes my team. It's incredibly boring. Yep. But like their floors are high, their ceilings are low yep. for the most part, and that's how we play. Uh, it's true. Uh, Kamara, Diggs, Thielen—they all just Mr. Floor. High, yep. Mr. High Floor. That's sort of how I feel felt great they just sort of did their thing well this was a great show uh when we started it the lane band down the street was playing i could hear it through the headphones i got to end it with some ice cream uh couldn't be happier as a return to full strength here we'll we'll work on our pace and trim this down a bit for you next time uh but if this was your first time listening hope you enjoyed the show let us know how we can improve and you're going to hear a word uh coming up from some league members and we'll we'll talk more about that next time brought to you by magiano productions